just joined. So you have an Iron Man themed car. Yes. So in 2019, Hyundai did a special edition Kona and they sent two to every dealership to go with Avengers Endgame. And it is an Iron Man themed Kona. Uh, it's like matte gray and red and it has little Iron Man details all over it. So even if I never had a favorite superhero before, of course I have a favorite <laughs> superhero now. That's because awesome. Iron Man and I have spent over 50,000 miles together. <laughs> Does it have an onboard, ass onboard assistant that talks to you in Jarvis's voice? <clears throat> Unfortunately, no, but it does have an arc reactor in the shift knob. Really? Oh, that's yes. cool. Does it actually light up? It doesn't, but when you open the doors, it has puddle lights that are the Iron Man head. I like it. That's cool. It is super, super cool. The cone is a cool looking car. It's, uh, it's like the smaller crossover type thing, right? Yeah, it's a little uh, hatchback kind of deal. It's been great. I'm on the road quite a bit, and uh, it yeah. is perfect to travel with. It's the right size. It gets great mileage. That's cool. I, I remember seeing there. I, uh, I'm the hatchback person of the family. My wife cannot stand hatchbacks. I think I've turned her around a little bit, though, since I got the Outback. Um, but she used to just... <laughs> she When we were looking for houses, I learned that she hates raised ranches. And then when I was looking for cars, I learned that she hates hatch hatchbacks. So, <laughs> I uh, yeah, the, the the cone is cool though. It's like this small little. Um, it just looks like I like the styling of it. It's a little too small for me because I'm six foot tall and I have to put a baby in the back and all my other stuff for work. But it is uh, it's a neat car, especially Iron Man themed. Yeah, it, it's I actually um, got it after I had a prior Kona. I was about a year old. I brought it in for an oil change and I had to wait for it. And the guy's like, you got to see this really cool Kona that we have in the showroom right now. So uh, long story short, I walked out with a different Kona and I didn't pay for the oil change. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> I'm I... like, I bought this new car at MSRP. I think you can throw in the oil change yeah. on the car you just got from me. <laughs> I, uh, I heard an interesting argument the other day that there are so many dealerships who are going to these no haggle under the guise of like, oh, it's better for the customer. There, these no haggle approaches to to buying a car that they're essentially uh, getting rid of their job. Like, if if you can't, if you don't need a salesman to haggle with, then you don't need salesmen. If you're just going and buying a car because you like it, then it's no different than going and and you, you can essentially use self checkout. So I don't know I if mean, they realize what they're doing there, but. It's been, you know, probably for a couple decades now. It's been, you know, if you got the internet guy, you got internet pricing, you got the price that you got. Yeah. But I think there's still always a little bit of room on, like, extras and stuff so. like that. Or what if you don't know what you want or they don't have what you want? Are there other options because I need a car today? Yeah, exactly. I went, so. I bought a car during the worst time to buy a car. I actually got a really good deal on it. Just the pricing worked out, but um, I remember asking the guy, I was like, dude, is there anything you could do on this price? Like, it's... And he looked at me and he was like, no. <laughs> like, do you realize what you're asking me? I was like, I had to ask. Like, it was not – normally I'm, I'm much more aggressive than that, but it's, I knew I was the one that had uh, – I kind of had to bend over and take it. But Yeah, I, I had my car in for inspection yesterday, and there were a couple things that didn't pass that needed to be fixed. And it's like – Man, you know, that that's a big surprise, Bill. Hey, is there anything at all you can do? And they knock, you know, like maybe like 10% off. Yeah. 
You know, it's not a lot, but when you're looking at these huge bills, oh yeah, absolutely, it doesn't hurt to ask. I tried that with my mechanic. He um, he he was speaking a, a different language, and I was like, hey, if I can guess what language you're speaking, you give me ten percent off the bill. And I got it completely wrong, but was, <laughs> I was like, I appreciate you letting me try. Yeah, I think like, I guessed Armenian, and he was... No, I guessed Turkish, and he was... Oh, I forget. It's off. It's it's a, it's neighbor to Greece, but I, for, I forget what he said. Um, but anyway. Close, then. Yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. I'm horrible with geography. <laughs> Andrew says his arrival is imminent. I'm not sure how imminent that means, but thank you for your patience. We can blame him, pretend we were super angry with him when he gets on. <laughs> waiting here I forever was she was I on was here before early. i was i was a whole hour early i know i know <laughs> so funny yeah we um i appreciate you being flexible with that i uh oh i guess he's appreciating I saturday's wedding. tough i know it's well we're happy to have you on anyway and we know time is valuable so it is um we've got a pretty fun line of questioning and uh we promise to make you look good not that we have to work to do that, but <laughs> how was uh, how last time I saw you was at Woodland Brutality. How was yes. the rest of that after I left? Um, we got a lot of content done. I think Carl said it's there's some more coming at the end of this month. Cool. We did a Q and A, and then I did a video about like some other considerations on concealment. Nice. Uh, you know, I call it concealment math because uh, Tessa. Tessa Booth of Armpit Styled had done some stuff about, you know, the, the length of the grip versus the, your hip-to-hip -hip distance and how that affects concealability. And, like, there's some other factors in play. Yeah. So I have a video about that that we recorded. I think that's going to be next month. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I saw that you were sponsored by Filster. I have their Floodlight, and it's, like, my favorite holster. It's I haven't gotten the Enigma yet because I don't wear sweatpants. I don't really wear athletic shorts. So... But I want it just to have it, but there's no real reason for me to get it as far as I as far as I know. But we could talk about that more. I mean, it just looks yeah, I, like a really neat. Setup. Have you gotten the uh, Floodlight 2 yet? No. It is super cool. Really? It is super cool. It's got like all these like weird ridges and everything. And it is actually very comfortable. I'm, you know, for somebody who's I'm not really skinny. I'm not I'm not even sort of skinny, to be honest. Like I have a little bit of a belly and I. I appendix carry with it and it's comfortable. I mean, it's a full size MMP, so it's light. only going to be so comfortable. But um, yeah, with a light, and but it's but I'm really happy with it. Yeah, they they did some really cool stuff with the floodlight too, where it's like even more comfortable. Yeah. Um, I, I don't obviously I don't carry a full size gun with a light on any sort of <laughs> yeah regular basis. I look like I'm going to have a gun child <laughs> when when I do that. Um, but, you know, I, I have a light bearing Enigma Express, and, you know, I've done some videos with it. I've carried it around a little bit. I'm like, this is not, it is not the worst thing in the world. I just, I can't conceal it. You yeah, know, like, we're tough. talking, like, heavy winter carry. Um, yeah, that is one thing that I wish I, I wish I could work with a little bit more, because I haven't bought a new handgun in years. And I bought mm -hmm. this one. With the intention of carrying it, but now there are so many. This was before, like, the Glock 43. This was before really good compacts, and um, I I should probably revisit that at some point because I could probably find, especially now that Connecticut is 
relegated to only 10 round magazines there's no real reason for me to be carrying a full size that could carry 15 rounds so get like a 365 like everybody else in the world or the shield plus shield plus would be a great option yeah. probably since you're already on the mp platform yeah i i like the mp i you know i i really like i grew to like glocks um from my last job i, I first one i ever shot was like a gen 2 and i wasn't a fan but um we had the Gen 4s. I was a security guard, and we had Gen 4s, and, and I was like, wow, this is actually a nice, like a like a nice gun. Uh, it was just the grip was so much better that I, had, I actually enjoyed shooting it instead of the last time I shot the Gen 2, which just tore my hand up. But I also wasn't experienced, so. But, yeah, yeah tons of new options. and, and uh, I, I like clocks just fine after they go to Boresight. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I, I cannot shoot a stock lock if I have to do it from the draw because the grip is just like, it's too big for me. Even the, the single stacks are a little bit too big for me and they're dimensioned wrong. Mm -hmm. What does so, Boresight um, do? Boresight, I get a level two grip reduction from them. So they reshape and re-angle the grip. That's so awesome. So it's smaller. Um, it has something closer to that 1911 or 320 grip angle. Uh, they do a special little scallop on the trigger guard for me so I don't get Glock knuckle. What's um, Glock knuckle? So, you know, like when you're shooting a Glock a lot, you get that, like, bump yeah. here. So, Glocks... I guess I can see that, yeah. Yeah, Glocks will really tear me up there, even with their regular grip reduction. So, um, they do a little scallop so I can avoid that. That's awesome. And it, it, it's, it's not cheap, but it's the best thing I've ever done for a Glock. Yeah. That's, so, uh... I, I put, like, a whole other Glock into my... Glock's worth of money into my Glocks. <laughs> but if that's the thing um, that you're going to be carrying or shooting often, and, you know, it pays to enjoy it and have it fit properly. Yeah, and there's a point where, like, it makes a difference to performance and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm sure. My, my night, Boresight 19 holds the, um, the Rangemaster Casino Drill Ladies record. Oh, wow. And my, uh, Glock, my Boresight 48 has taken me to the shoot-off at the Rangemaster uh, TACON several times, so... That's awesome. How much of that? I mean, obviously, a, a a gun that fits your hands better is going to work better for you. But how much of that do you think is the the gun, and how much of it do you think is the shooter? Hey. Uh, oh, hey. That, that, that's a conversation that could take us a whole oh, yeah. hour right there. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> well, Andrew's here, and you're looking yeah. shaved. You shaved everything, man. Yeah, my yeah, my wife did that. She's my he looked barber. like a gorilla man the last time he was on. <laughs> yeah, it was but in a good way, bad. in a very like <laughs> apex woods predator type, type thing. No, well, that's very that's very flattering. Really, it was uh, sort of a um, desperation slash depression uh, <laughs> kind, of, kind of situation. He looked like the guy that, after spending thirty years out of special forces, the government <laughs> had to come find in the woods to help them with. <laughs> yeah, they had to we send, have a mission uh, for you. They have to send Tommy Lee Jones to hunt me down. <laughs> that was a good movie. Um, anyway, we can bop right into this, Andrew, because I know you've got a wedding thing to go to. But the wedding's not like today. The I gotta. They, no, no, the the, the rehearsal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah, uh, these <laughs> these guys, and you know, I love these guys so much. You uh, can thank but... Annette for being so flexible with her time. <laughs> they asked me like. <laughs> Two months ago, they're like, "Hey, we're getting we're, well." So, so they're getting wedding. We're all like, "Oh, congratulations!" And they're like, they messaged my wife asking if I could officiate their wedding. 
Um, because I, I, fun fact about me, I'm, I'm an ordained minister with the uh, Universal Life Church, um, which is the church that you go to if you want to go ordained for free online. That's yeah, awesome. Um, I'm familiar. Little plug there. <laughs> um, and uh, so, so I was like, yeah, absolutely, sure. Awaiting details. Uh, no communication until like a couple days ago. And they're like, hey, how do we do this whole thing? <laughs> And I'm like, that's not for me. That's you guys figure that out and you tell me. <laughs> you know, you need to get the details. Um, oh, dear. Yeah. Wow. So I had this, uh, like, rehearsal dinner in my calendar. It was like an evening thing. And then they were like, oh, it's going to be like a lunch. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I don't know. Didn't want to. I didn't want to, like, reschedule the podcast for it. I was like, listen, my part is going to be pretty small, so if I miss the rehearsal, just like take a video of the of the of the the, the way things go, and we'll go over it afterwards. Just tell me where to stand. Yeah, just. <laughs> <laughs> I just got to write a little. You know, we're going to keep it short. Just write a little little speech about them, and and then have them do their vows, and you know, bada bing, bada boom. Good stuff. Good do stuff. you? Do you? Yeah. I mean, I exactly. watched Prince... exactly. I watched baseballs. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's going to be fun. So, yeah, if you want, we can get... Annette, first of all, um, yes, so sticking to the roughly hour time frame, and then is there anything that... I know I asked you if you wanted to talk about anything. You said maybe some of the content with Carl coming out soon. Is there anything that you would like us to avoid or not mention? We just ask because, like... Yeah, I think right now we're free game, and I'm pretty good usually at skipping over stuff that I'm just like, yeah, let's not. Okay. We don't bring up any drama or anything usually. Well, sometimes if it's like front and center news, like, fun. like if yeah, like if juicy, it's fun yeah. or like, you know, fun No, drama. but we're not like, we're not here to like uh, gotcha. you know, dig up dirt or anything. We're just, we're just having fun. Not we're that I don't, I mean, cool. I, I don't know. I look at your stuff. It doesn't seem like, it seems like you're just extremely personable and I, fun to be around. Nobody doesn't like I, you. I, <laughs> I, I try to avoid drama being public. I don't blame you I, at my, all. my rule has always been, you know. The more I know about all the drama out there, the more I can stay out of it. Well, that yeah, yeah, that's very true, and and it does take a lot of talent, I think. You know, to for someone who's been like in the gun community, writing about the gun community, interacting with the gun community for as long as you have, to have nobody be like no one be like you know, <laughs> Annette really pissed me off or like you know like oh i got some i got some stuff to tell you about i got some messages screen capped about a net you oh know. i'm sure they're out there somewhere you can't do it for as long as i have yeah. about something yeah well but, uh... i haven't seen it that's not a challenge guys if you got dirt don't send it to me <laughs> you know... i'd like a chance to address it that's all yeah yeah i hear that um cool so i think we can we can get going uh, Andrew, do you want to do the intro, or would you like me to? Yeah, let's do it. All right, cool. I guess that doesn't answer my question, but I guess I'll do it. Unless you, want <laughs> unless you really want to. No, you go ahead. You go ahead. You sure? All right, I'm not going to mess it up this time. The last one took I'll me three times. Don't fuck it up. I'll fuck it up this time. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the A Better Way to a Podcast. We are your hosts, Andrew and Jordan. I'm Jordan. He's Andrew. And <laughs> today, we're here with Annette Evans from On Her Own. Thank you for coming and joining us, Annette. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad we finally got this together. I know. I know. I met you at Woodland Brutality this year, uh, thanks to Carl being super cool and introducing us. And you have a bunch of really cool stuff that you're part of. On Her Own is, well, first of all, 
how did you start on your own? And I think we can probably get into what it does after that. So on her own is, um, it, it came out of a realization that a lot of the self-defense industry, especially in the gun world, thinks about woman as um, somebody's apostrophe S, right? You're, you're somebody's wife, you're somebody's daughter, you're somebody's girlfriend, you're somebody's mother. And that's your motivation for self-defense. I actually had a, a moment at a tactical conference, I think in 2019, 2019, 2018. And um, I'm sitting in a class, it was Tatiana Whitlock's class, and it, about concealed carry for women. And at some point she asked everybody to pull out their phone and look at the photo on their phone. Like, this is why we do it. This is why we put all this effort into carrying a gun and doing all the things that we need to do in order to successfully uh, defend ourselves. But the reason was, you know, the photo on the phone and everybody's, you know, got a picture of their kids and their family. And I'm like, I have a picture of my dearly departed cat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, so who am I doing this for? Yeah, wouldn't it be nice if some of these women just like, you know, wanted to protect themselves because they deserve to be alive in public? For themselves. And I'm not saying that, you know, it's not a good thing to be mama bear. It's not a good thing to, you know, have that partnership with whoever your partner is and all that. It was just, I, I'm at this moment in my life where I'm like, I've got my dead cat on my phone. I am, re I am recently divorced. I'm estranged from my family. And I'm like, but so on her own wanted to speak to that and it wasn't just you know you're recently divorced and on her own is for that it's like every woman to me has a moment in life when they don't have anybody and it might be very very temporary you know you're a housewife but your husband has to go on that like once every three years business trip or you move out on your own you know you're you're, you're getting ready for college and you get your first apartment yeah. And you, you move halfway across the country because that's where the job is or that's where the school is. And you can't call daddy anymore to fix your flat tire. Yeah, that's, or, you know, like there's all these moments and I'm like, so how do we do that when we don't have other people? We don't have what I would think of as traditional support structures. And on her own is all about that. And it starts with self-defense because that's kind of where that, that's where the heart is. You know, if I'm not alive, I can't do any of this. Yeah, absolutely. And I come out of the self-defense world. So this is sort of, you know, like my dissertation, you know, my doctoral thesis, my project. Right. Of, uh, at work. You know, how, how do we do all of this? Yeah. Comprehensive like, theory of surviving without uh, support structure. Yeah. And it's, you know, self-defense, guns, pepper spray, all that, BJJ, it's all part of it. And then I'm like, wait a minute, this, none of this I can really do if I don't have a roof over my head. I don't have a job. I don't do all of that stuff. And then I'm like, it's not just survival. It's like all the other things. So I remember um, there was a time that I was on a, on a show and everybody's like, oh, we need to do our makeup for the show. And I'm like, I don't wear makeup. I don't know what to do about it. How? Nobody taught me this. Who do I go to? I don't have any you know girlfriends nearby who wear makeup. How do I do this? So on her own is all of that. That's awesome. That's I, I think that's really that's really cool. I've, and as a man, it's something that you know I don't really think about too often. And I I constantly say I'm really happy to meet people who fulfill these niche needs in the gun community because 
no organization, whether it's the NRA, whether it's a better way to a, a small thing, can fulfill the need of everybody in the gun community. And people finding your page and your space here is probably a huge resource to people who are in that situation. I mean, I'm looking at your, uh, your website, and some of these situations are things that I would have thought of, but, I mean... Uh, a teenage girl just starting college, 20-something young woman moving out for her first time. Um, but then I love the 50-something eternal bachelor bachelorette loving her independence. I mean, yeah, that's how, how does it feel to be somebody in a gun class and for the instructor to say the, the thing on your phone is the reason you're doing this, completely negating the fact that you are a person, like you are deserving of protection. Uh, that, that's got to be something that, uh, it, it's a lack of perspective, and, and I don't think it's necessarily the fault of the instructor for having that as a parent or a sister or a, or a wife, but but that's very no, I, interesting. I think it's, it, it's actually a really wonderful thing. I had a student once, um, a firearm student, and she was terrified of shooting her gun. Um, but she really, really wanted to learn because she wanted to protect her kid. Like it was just vital for her to learn. She knew she needed this skill or she knew she wanted this skill, but she was just so scared of it. And I remember standing next to her on the range and having to tell her, hey, they're coming to get your kid. They're coming to get your kid. What are you gonna do? You need to shoot. You're coming to get your kid. And that is what got her to fire her first shots. And then that's beautiful and it's powerful. And I'm really glad that there's that, that emotion that we can tap into. For some people yeah. it's just that i felt that that segment of the world was really really well catered to in the firearms community in the self-defense community much less so than somebody who you need to whisper in the air they're coming for you right what right. are you gonna do yeah. well, but there's some very very um patriarchal dynamics going on there right like <clears throat> you know um men often view themselves as protectors and you know men in power often view women as, as helpless. And so I think for, for a man who's teaching a woman to protect herself, I think he thinks it can be very helpful to, to give her that perspective of like, Oh, you know, you're doing this to protect someone else, you know, not, not necessarily yourself. And I think that for a lot of guys that aren't, aren't real, you know, like, like woke or like gender aware, uh, I think that that can seem like a really progressive and cool way to to to, to pose the uh, the situation, but it's great. It's empowering, and not yeah. not in like in that like trite, eye rolling sort of way. It really is empowering. You can protect your kids. Yeah, but it, but I think like you said though that that there's something even more empowering, in my opinion, to be like you know, yes, I can protect my kids, but I can also protect myself, and I have to protect myself to protect my kids. Yeah. Yep. And we, I've definitely seen that evolution where it starts with I'm going to protect my kids and then I'm going to protect myself so my kid has a mother to grow up with. Um, where I saw, where it's difficult, I think, is I'm going to protect myself for me because I deserve to live sure. for myself regardless of anybody else who may or may not depend on me. And maybe there's nobody who depends on me, but I still deserve to live. Well, because there's this, there's this kind of societal pressure on, like, on, on women who like choose to be independent, uh, who don't marry, who don't have kids, who don't like build this traditional kind of nuclear family around themselves, you know, that, that, that makes them often feel like they're worthless. And it seems like to me, um, 
and I think that I think that this is I think this is a really important uh, idea to push back on um, to tell women you know you you are important just because you are alive. Your own yep. person, regardless of who you have attached to you or don't have attached to you. Yep. And, and you know, on her really speaks to that. And the hey, you know, even if you have others who are responsible for you, maybe nobody, you, maybe you're not the responsibility of somebody else. You know, and that's yeah, okay absolutely. too. Absolutely. And you can you can manage this. Like you're pretty amazing. You you are going to take your kids out grocery shopping all by yourself and protect them all by yourself. And that's kind of fucking amazing. I love the positive affirmations aspect. Oh yeah. You can say, (laughs) you're going to do this. You're awesome. Like that's, that's, that's sick. Um, And then if you're out all by yourself, you know, you're like 23, you just got out of college. You moved halfway across the country for your new job and you're going to go do your thing. Like, cool. You can do that. And it doesn't matter that you don't have kids. It doesn't matter that you're only worried about who's going to feed your cat if you die. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I mean, a reasonable concern because I think about that all the time. I make sure my dogs have enough water in their bowl because when I leave, I'm like, I, you know, I could flip into the wilderness and nobody find me for, you know, whoever, however long. And I want to make sure my dogs don't, my dogs have yeah. water. We've been trying to put together our last will and testament, my wife and I, and it's changed. You know, we started the process before we had kids and, now our priorities are changing a little bit, but one of the biggest sticking points is finding finding somebody who's willing to take all of our dogs and like putting that in the will so they don't get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's that's like a real concern for us is if if we die, obviously our you know my toddler's not going to take care of the dogs, so we need to like figure out somebody who they can go to that's not going to just drop them off at the shelter. Yeah, for sure. I think people think of last will and testament as they're going to be 90 years old when they die and everyone's going to be oh. an adult but that's such an oversight because you never yeah. know when it's going to happen free advice put a transfer on death on all of your investment accounts um include you know as many different situations as you can think of in your last will and testament you don't know you know what's going to happen and when and you definitely do not want your money your possessions, your property tied up in probate court while everyone's grieving, grieving your death. Yeah, for sure. And here's my free advice is um, do a living will and do a medical proxy. Because yes. if you are injured to a point where you are unable to advocate for yourself, you will want somebody who can make those decisions for you while you're in that limbo state. And if you are one of these people who don't have the traditional support structures or you're and, you know, you're separated but not divorced yet, or you're estranged from your parents, um, get that straightened out. Because the last thing you really want to do is uh, wake up in your hospital room and find out that the parents that you hate have been, you know, determining your care. Yeah. Or your ex-husband, your soon-to-be ex-husband or ex-wife is um, decided that they're not going to do anything. What's what's the yeah. term for the instructions you write down ahead of time? Is it like advanced directive? Is that, is advanced that directive, living will. There's there's a bunch of different ways to do it. Okay. Um, a lot of states actually have a form that you like. It's statutory. There's a form that you can fill out, and there's like check boxes and circles and stuff like that. So it's actually not very complicated. Yeah, yeah, definitely important. That uh, yeah, especially conversations to have though. Yeah. It's, this, is, this is something that I, I didn't think about this before, but this is uh, a situation that's especially important for uh, trans people estranged from uh, not non-accepting parents. Because mm-hmm. I, I have heard and, and read about situations where it's like, you know, a trans person ends up 
um, you know, disabled or, or incapacitated and then ends up in the care of a doctor or, you know, in, in, in the care of their parents who don't, you know, respect their, their medical decisions and the way they want to live. They can be, or, you know, let's say that you have a uh, same gender partner and your parents don't accept them and try to keep them out and won't give them information, yeah. won't yeah. give them access to you while you're ill. Um, these are all things that you could take care of ahead of time. Bam, look at that. We're back in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Well, but, it, you know, and I, I think that for a lot of people in vulnerable situations um, dealing with these, um, you know, because these kinds of things have to do with structures of authority and, and, and the law. And I think that sometimes dealing with that and interfacing with that can be really either intimidating or infuriating for people that just don't respect authority that way. And I get that. Um, but I would really, um, I guess the last thing I want to say about it is that, you know, regardless of how you feel about the government or the state or, or whatever, you know, do, do think about this stuff ahead of time because it can really save you a headache down the road. Yeah. yeah. It's tough to talk about now, but it's tougher to talk about what it's actually an issue. Yeah. When you need it. There, um, so, I, I'm trying to figure out how to transition into this, and uh, I just go. Just, this is just, just going to be just my transition. Just get in there. <laughs> yeah, so, so you know, on your on your website, we're, we're talking about sort of the totality of on her own, um, and how it's like you know, there, there, it's a, it seems like there's definitely a mission of self defense, but it also seems like we're talking about just generally independence for women, not you know like independence in the way of like you know cutting off all ties from everyone around you, but independence in the way of like. You know, I can be self-sufficient. I can navigate this world on my own. Um, and I noticed on your website to that end, there's like topics like self-care and like finances. And that's just something that I don't typically see um, on on the on the pages or, or in the in the blogosphere of like people talking about self-defense, um, you know, in, in the sort of like male dominated kind of kind of uh, way that it is. Um do you think that that's because it's just like, is it less exciting? Do you think um, that that you don't hear people talking about stuff like that? I, I think there's a ton of reasons for it. One of it is, you know, lanes are a thing. Time time is a thing. You know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm an expert about any of this stuff. A lot of what I do is raise questions or give some very basic information. There's only so many hours in a day to cover this. There's so many topics that I've just barely skimmed on that I've never really dug deep into. And I imagine it's even more true for other people. Um, and yeah, it's it's not very exciting. You know, everybody, when we go to gun classes, we want to go to like fantasy camp, right? We're, like we've got this like vision of a bad guy that we're going to learn how to stop. And it's frankly not very sexy to think about, well, the bad guy is actually your partner. Or it's not very sexy to think about, well, the real thing I need to do to, you know, not worry about home invasions is move. And by move, we mean I need to, you know, get a better job. I need to save some money. I need to figure out how to get a new apartment or a new house. Like, that's not very sexy as home defense goes. You know, we want to talk about hiding behind the bed with a shotgun to protect yourself yeah. from a home invader. We don't want to talk about renting a U-Haul truck and getting out of town. <laughs> Or being able yeah. to set that up and afford it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is really neat that, that you have that kind of aspect on there because I think if somebody is in a position where they're thinking about self-defense for themselves, then they're probably in the same position to, to be curious about how to take care of a lot of that stuff also. 
they're 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 not relying on like you said traditional support systems that so many people have available to them well like when i think about for instance an abused partner and what does it take for them to protect themselves from that and sometimes it's escape right and escape is extremely dangerous from an abusive relationship but what do you need to do that you need money like frankly you need money and you may have been in a situation where you have never earned money in your life you've never had a job you don't know how to manage money because your abusive partner is doing that yeah and that is like the they say money can't buy happiness but uh it's the foundation it's the foundation of getting out yeah so you better know you you probably need to know all of that just as much as you need to know the safety strategies of how do you get out physically safely yeah well you need somewhere to land and and there's shelters and there's friends and things like that, but ultimately you need money to land somewhere permanently. Yeah. And that's only going to be a temporary solution. If you don't have a, a fundamental understanding of, of the rest of it, then you're going to, you're going to be in a tough spot. Yeah. I saw that you also do jujitsu. I do. I <laughs> used to do I did jujitsu for about six months. And as someone who got his ass kicked by women on the reg, who were way more experienced than I was. How important do you think having a physical self-defense skill like that is for somebody who is concerned about their, their safety uh, on top of owning a firearm? Because that, it's very humbling for a guy, you know, it's in this patriarchal society to go into a, an environment. <laughs> and I mean, cause I remember the first time I had to roll with, with a girl, I was like, really? Like, you want that? I was uncomfortable because I was like, this I'll go is, easy on you, little it, lady. No, and then she just dude, fucking whoops you. I'm telling you, it is <laughs> like, literally sitting on you. Yeah, yeah. Like you're you're put into positions that would make people who are not uh, doing that blush. You know, like I had to explain to my wife, like, listen, like very close to to women in, in this class, and and it's purely professional and and educational and. <laughs> Cause I'm not turned on at all by this, dude. I've, I'm sure I've eaten dudes' ass sweat before. Yeah, like, just, oh, yeah. like I'm sure it's, it's an entirely my asexual mouth. ass whooping. Is what one hundred percent. So it, it's really humbling when you when you when you meet a, a woman who can kill you, <laughs> like really, <laughs> who can kill you with your own arms, with your own ar- seriously. She can rip off your leg and kick your ass with it. But that's the thing, because I would say at the point that that was happening, and probably, up, I mean, because six months' experience in jiu-jitsu is really nothing compared to people who have been doing it for years. And uh, that level of experience put me, who I would say is like a typical guy, uh, at a serious disadvantage. So how important do you think having a skill like that on top of owning a firearm or on its own is to, to a woman? So, first of all, Good job on doing six months of jujitsu. If I, you know, if I were queen of the world, everybody who is interested in protecting themselves and being safe would do six months of jujitsu. You don't have to do more than that. I think that's a great base because here's the thing. It teaches you the physical skills. You know, you, you learn some very basic jujitsu and you know, you're, you're not, you're not completely lost now if somebody gets their hands on you. But what I think it really does is it teaches you a little bit of resilience and it teaches you a little bit about what it's like to be in a bad position and survive it. And those are extraordinarily, extraordinarily important skills when it comes to self-defense. 
especially for women, I have a theory that has been difficult to bear out by research, but I've been doing a lot of informal work that the majority of attacks on women, stranger attacks on women are hands-on. They involve somebody touching you. So like, if you think about the, the way a man gets mugged is somebody walks up to them and like, maybe like sticks out a gun and goes, give me your wallet. And you think about the way a woman gets mugged or attacked, it tends to be more like a grab of the arm. Give me your wallet, give me your money. So when, when you think about how close crime happens to women, I'm talking purely about the stranger attack because domestic and acquaintance violence is a little bit different. Um, the, the stranger attack, if it's going to be close like that, if you try to draw a gun, it is our gun, not your gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way you know, of putting it. And I point. stole that straight from, you know, Craig Douglas, ECQC, and whole other, a whole bunch of other folks. Is that the ShivWorks guy? Yeah, ShivWorks. So ECQC is his flagship class, Extreme Close Quarters Concepts. But if you try to draw a gun when somebody's within arm's reach of you, they're going after that gun. And maybe that's not such a good idea. So if that's the case, then maybe you should know a little something about managing that, right? Or what if they get to you before you get a chance to even reach for your gun? Or what if you're not carrying a gun for whatever reason? You know, I'm pretty good at concealing a gun. I carry a gun most of the time when I'm in public, um, except when I'm going to like somewhere like the gym where I don't have somewhere to lock it up. But, you know, especially women's clothing, you might want to wear something where the gun just ain't going to work. And I'm speaking as somebody who put a gun under a bridesmaid's dress once. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I'm not saying, well, it's, you know, like, it's very possible to hide a gun one and where you want to in a lot of outfits. But for whatever reason, you're not because that dress is just so amazing. Or you're going somewhere that doesn't allow it. Or if you so just don't think, other... like, you know, like if you're having a bad day and you're like, I'm a little bit, you know, there's, there's definitely times where I'm feeling a little yeah. murdery today. No, no, but just like, uh, <laughs> no, you know, like yeah. I'm not focused, you know, exactly. I'm distracted, you know, you, there's, there's, you could definitely make the case to be like, okay, today's not the day to have a gun on me. Or it's there's like, great reasons. if you're going to go yeah, get exactly. drunk, you know, like if you're yeah. going to a bar to like have a long night, you know, which, you know, like you could make the argument that like, that's not a great plan for self-defense success in the first place, but yeah. it's still your right as a human being. Yep. Yep. So, you know, you, you think about layering your self-defense to account for the times when you don't carry a gun for whatever reason. And, you know, whatever, I don't care. Maybe you only own a full-size gun and you need a little co tiny subcompact to hide in that outfit cool so you know pepper spray is cool i love pepper spray i'm a huge fan of pepper spray but i've been in venues where i can't even have that so what do you do you know having some form of hand-to-hand -hand self defense you know gives you another option but again i keep going back to doing something like jujitsu for four or six months i like to call it a college semester of jujitsu um yeah you're gonna get really I don't want to say really comfortable with being uncomfortable, but you're going to get exposed to being uncomfortable. And I bet now, Jordan, if somebody like tries to hold you down on the ground right now, you're not just going to be in this absolute state of, I've never seen this before. I've never experienced this before. I have no idea what to do. This is awful. Yeah. You're just going to go, this is awful. I'm going to bring my arms in here. I'm going to try to wiggle, you know, I'm going to try to move my hips out of the way. I'm going to try to turn towards them. It isn't that so much better. 
Yeah, well, I would definitely say that six months, while it is, it's, like I said, it's eons, I forget what it's called, but it's that bell curve of learning where you're like, I don't know anything, and then you learn a little bit, and you're like, oh, man, this is awesome, and then you learn more, and you're like, holy shit, I don't know anything, and it, that's kind of like what it is rolling, like, my instructor, uh, Alberto Torres from Black Wolf Martial Arts in, in Orange, Connecticut, shout out to you, would like we'd be in a situation where we would there would be an odd number of people in the class so he would roll with the new guy to to give them the most and he wasn't like beating the shit out of you but he was going at a level higher than you were in order to make sure that you were getting the full the full dose and you know it it definitely forces you to to know the things not to do that are instinctual like, I did not know that when somebody climbed on top of me, my instincts were to get onto my stomach and push myself up off the ground. Because you're on the ground, you want to get off the ground, and you use your hands and your feet to do that. But that's horrible for somebody who's trying to protect themselves from being choked out or anything like that. And little I things like that. Ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, and once you get somebody pressing their knee into your chest once or twice, you learn that that's not good either, or your, or your belly. Um <laughs> But yeah, that's I love the it's yeah, grabbing my collar and drilling his knee into my stomach. That's <laughs> I love you, Alberto. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, that's absolutely true. That I that I I still don't know shit, but I think it's it's more than uh, a, like a, a layman. Um, See, so well, that but that's would, just it. That's that's kind of what she's talking about, isn't yeah. it? Where it's like you know enough at that point where you can have the upper hand over, you know, a majority of people out there. Hopefully. Who haven't done any martial arts. And, you know, if you're getting mugged by, like, a jiu-jitsu expert, like, good luck, dude. Like, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> that being said, so, though, you know, most people I've, I've learned who do jiu-jitsu more or less tend to have their shit together. You right, know, I, right. I you, like so you would kind of. Them mentally. Yeah, you would kind of doubt that. More or less. Um, somebody, like a stranger assaulting you in public. um is somebody who has dedicated 15 years of his that life would be a to villain. a martial It wouldn't martial. be a bad guy. They'd be a villain. You're, you're trouble. Yeah. We can't save you from him anymore. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. Um, for that. You, you know, here, here's another little anecdote about how, like, four, six months of jiu-jitsu. So I took my first Craig Douglas class with nothing. Like, no background at all in hands-on self-defense. It was edge weapon overview. It was, you know, how to get to your knife when somebody is grabbing onto you. How to, how to use a knife in self-defense. And I like literally didn't know what an overhook or an underhook was. And if you're listening and you don't know, that's okay. Like that's where I started. I knew nothing. I'd never watched UFC before. I had no idea. So I take this class and I get my shit pushed in. Right? Like I'm like yeah, this hot shit. I, fucking, I love that term. Get my shit I know. pushed in. I use it all the time. I, I'm like I'm a you know I'm a good shooter. You know I had like you know ten years experience with a gun and you know I'm a pretty good you know like I carry a gun I'm feeling pretty and yeah there there was nothing I had nothing and it wouldn't have mattered if I'd had a gun in that class even though it was a knife class like it was just awful so I get to the end of the class and I cry in the hot wash like I always do you know when we go around and talk about it and Craig's like and um, his AIs Jeff Bluvman and Sean Lupka are like you know there's this thing called jujitsu and it would really help you. A couple of months later, they helped me get started. I found the school where I train now, which is Precision Jiu-Jitsu in King of Prussia. Um, and uh, I, I did, I started in June. And in October, I went back to Craig and I trained in his flagship class, ECQC. 
I had one stripe on my white belt at that point. So, you know, I've been training pretty consistently June, July, August, September, beginning of October, four, four or five months. And um, I did not get my shit pushed in. Yes. You know, it, yeah. it was, I, I wouldn't say it was pleasant because it's never pleasant to have people shooting Sims guns on you and, you know, crawling all over you and all that. But, uh, you know, it wasn't that bad. That's awesome. It sucked, but it wasn't like this like desperate, I got my ship pushed in, I'm going to die. Yeah. It was more of a, well, I still might die, but he's going to regret his life decisions and I'm okay with it. Sure. <laughs> I'm taking you with me. Well, but, but you know, okay, so so let's, let's extrapolate on that because it's like, okay, you're in this class, right? And, you know, you know that the stakes are not life or death or prison or whatever, and the two of you are paired together and your mission is to try to pretend to kill each other or whatever it is. Um, okay, so so you're going to try to take it all the way in the class. But in the real world, if somebody's looking for a target to, like, assault for whatever reason, and I don't, I don't want to get too detailed about this because I don't want to have to do, like, content warnings, but if someone's trying to assault you and they're not expecting a fight, uh, or if they are expecting a fight, they're expecting a certain level of resistance, right? But then you start pulling out some jujitsu moves and they're maybe unfamiliar. You know, there's a very good chance, uh, just based on what I know about it, that they're going to be like, holy shit, maybe this is not the situation I want to be in. Um, and and that, any resistance is usually better than no resistance at all. But the more effective your resistance, well, we're calling it more effective for a reason. Right, exactly. Yeah, definitely. So, so you know, it would behoove you to you know, the general you, not, not you, Annette, um, to, to think about it in that way that, that it's like, you don't have to be a master, you know, literally like any level of familiarity that you can build up is, is better than, than being completely unfamiliar. Yeah. It's just, a lot of it is getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Right. So, when we're uncomfortable, we tend to panic. We tend to, you know, our brains go nowhere useful. We're not, we, we can't do anything. So the more we put ourselves in these uncomfortable positions and learn how to function in them, A, they become less uncomfortable in the future, right? You know, about the 18th time you got stuck under side control, it was no longer, well, fuck, what do I do with this now? Right? And you're not panicking. You're like, you, you can breathe and you, you can like think a little bit about what I should do. Yeah. But if you don't have experience being uncomfortable, you're never going to be able to, you're not going to like magically figure out what to do when you are feeling like you're getting smothered or you're getting attacked, you're getting punched in the face. You know, the first time you get punched in the face is really, really hard. The 10th time you get punched in the face, it's more annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you I mean like in a row or like in your life? In your life. <laughs> in your life. 10th in a row is a whole other problem. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you like, wow, that didn't even hurt. <laughs> yeah, you've got issues. Go see a doctor, please. <laughs> I think it says a lot about muscle memory, and, and I think that's why it's super important for people to go out and get training, whether it be self-defense, whether it be firearm-specific training, because that ultimately will help you make better decisions when you are stressed and panicky and, and avoid panicking. Um and I, and I think that really speaks to that, you know, you getting, you getting, knowing what to do in a specific physical encounter is super important, or at least having one step that you can take that might change your situation a little bit. 
You think about the first time that you drove in snow and ice. Yeah, yeah. I made the whoa, 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 whoa noise like uh, like spinning what? around in Mario Kart. What? Yeah. <laughs> and, what? And think about uh, the last time you drove in snow or ice. Did not do that. <laughs> <laughs> Did not do the Mario Kart sound. No, that's you know, you're just like Mario Kart or Zoidberg. I don't know. Is this some kind of like northern joke that I'm too Texas to understand? Well, you don't have snow okay, and ice. So ice storm. <laughs> what is that? The first time you drove in an ice storm, and I know you guys have gotten those down. No, well, so that's that's the trick question because we don't drive in an ice storm. We shut down the entire city, <laughs> the entire state, martial law. It all, yeah, it's all. Okay. They start air dropping supplies. How about this? The first time you drove in a really heavy rainstorm, you know, yeah, we get visibility those. out to like ten feet, kind of thing. Yeah. The first time you do it, and you're making that Mario Kart sound, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh God! What am I doing here? This is awful. This is terrible. What do I do? Ah. Yeah, when you realize you're going 70 miles an hour, but you only got about uh, two seconds of visibility. Yeah. So, and then like the the last time you drove in that really awful rainstorm, you just let your foot off the gas. You maybe turned on your hazards. You know, it's it's not as panic inducing because you've seen yeah. it before. Yeah. It's not the first time. Yeah. Hopefully you're not going the opposite route and blasting Freebird as you floor the gas. <laughs> we did that. We did that once. Um, we were in. It, it was. It was really scary weather, but there was also indications that there could be like tornadoes. And so we were just like, I don't want to wait around. Like I'm not gonna. Like let's just get out of here. Jesus, take the wheel. Yeah. We, well, because it was like a rural road, like through like a wind farm or something. We we're on our way to like Lubbock, Texas. You're driving, and it was like the place dead of night. Make wind. Crazy. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, they were making one. That's why they were tornadoes. In to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the only time I've like forwarded it through a storm, though. Yeah, I feel that's appropriate. Do you, uh, Annette, so do you think there's a way to. Let me rephrase that. I think with a lot of these uh, groups, yours, yours included, um, mine, winning would essentially mean that we were rendered uh, useless because it would be something that would be redundant. You know, women would know how to defend themselves. The gun community would be inclusive enough where you wouldn't need a better way to weigh, things like that. Is there anything that society, do you think, could do to better support women in these types of situations who are independent or transitional in between these these periods of their life? Um so that these skills might just be more academic instead of practical? Man, that's a hard, I know. hard question. I know. Wow. Um, I thank Andrew for that one. I, I think, <laughs> so that, that's a hard one because ultimately, you know, a lot of the problems that I talk about aren't necessarily women's problems, right? They're problems of like, how do you live in the world? And unless you expect the world to take care of you in every way, you're always going to need a little bit of this, right? Unless you have the, the perfect childhood, the perfect community, the perfect family, the perfect job, the perfect everything, then you're always going to need some of this, you know, like you're still going to need to figure out how to pay the rent. There's still going to be bad people in the world. You know, I would love it if we could say, hey, there's a world where there's no no bad people attacking you who are strangers. There are no abusive people in your life. There's no, that's, that's just never going to happen. It's a Barbie world. Right. We, we could hope we can dream, you know, 
And since that's not the case, I, I, you know, what could society do to help support the ability to live like that? Be kind. I love that. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. I mean, that, that, yeah, you never know what somebody's going through. You know, offer help when they need it. Don't be or a at dick. Least don't hurt them when they don't. Yeah. Yeah. First, do no harm. <laughs> first, yeah. do no harm. I mean, if you're not going to lend me a helping hand, like if you're not going to stop me, stop and help me with that, uh, when I'm broken down on the side of the road with a flat tire, that's cool. Like, I don't need society to, like, everybody's going to stop and help me with my flat tire. But, you know, maybe try not to drive right next to my car. Give me a little bit of a berth. You know, that's cool. Don't close your eyes and plow into me while I'm trying to change my tire. Yeah, try not texting as you're going by me. (laughs) Yeah. Or, you know, maybe all you can do or maybe all you have the capacity for is you call it in. Yeah. You, know, you call the local cops and be like, hey, you know, there's this girl broken down by the side of the road. I don't know what's going on, but you might want to go check it out. Yeah, absolutely. I think that would go a long way. I don't think people give others that kind of consideration in general. I, I would say that's something that we are certainly it, it is something that exists with a portion of the population. But I think by and large, we could do better with more of that. It's hard. You know, like, I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. You know, I, I, too, roll my eyes when I'm, you know, in a restaurant with a loud screaming baby or whatever. <laughs> but, you know, maybe it's roll your eyes quietly at the loud screaming baby with, you know, the single mom and her three kids trying to have a meal. Maybe that's all it is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You don't have to glare at her. You don't have to yell at her. You don't have to, like, shoot daggers at that table. You can just... Roll your eyes and move on with your Take life. Take it out on your food. <laughs> Goddamn baby. That's why I have these steak giant is knives. delicious. This is like the one of the coolest knives I own. Oh, what? that's cool. I love that. That is a it's a baby blue blade. It's, and and a donut, donut sprinkle. Donut sprinkle pink yeah. rip. So it, do you so donut. so you use that on your food in restaurants? Like to I mean, startle I'm people? I'm tempted. <laughs> Go to a steak restaurant and be like, no, I got my own knife. Yeah. <laughs> that thing, that's massive also. I didn't realize how big yeah, that was. Yeah, it's an automatic Kalashnikov. Who is it? So, it's an automatic Kalashnikov. Wow. The donut edition. And this thing has recoil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it trembles when it opens. That's awesome. Do you yeah, carry you that? Like, you, <laughs> it's one of those you things that, that it's like pocket. <laughs> you go back to a restaurant and there's a sign that's like um, no knives from outside uh, to be used at tables. Thank you. And you're like, oh, I wonder why they put that sign there. That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> Every rule is there because somebody did something they thought they were able to do. It's true. You're like, you didn't tell me I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, this isn't illegal. There's always a story. So, Annette, you, we were saying earlier that you, um, I met you from Carl, and you've been, you've been doing stuff with Carl for a while now, it seems, like content on, on YouTube years, and whatnot. Yeah. Um, what are you guys, what are you guys working on that's coming out in the future? So, when we were at Woodland Brutality, we did a Q&A, 
and that I think is going to come out at the end of this month. And we talked about all sorts of stuff. We went all over the board. Yeah, don't give it and away. And then I have a, we shot a video about um, concealment math. And you're like, what the hell is concealment math? Concealment math is this idea of like, how can I predict what kind of gun is going to conceal more easily on me, be more comfortable for me to carry? And Armed and Style, Tessa has done some work there on, hey, you know, if you look at the length of the grip versus the distance between your hips, there's a percentage at which we can predict this is going to be a lot of work or going to be less work. So I have some theories about some other dimensions that are going to, and, and other measurements that are going to go into how hard or easy it is for you to carry a gun. And I did a little video about that. I believe that's going to be out next month. Awesome. And we are, um, my debunking series of women's self-defense tools, that is not dead. I just need to um, get moving on that, frankly. I'm looking for volunteers who want to be tasered, by the way. Oh. <laughs> I, I, would, I would love to help you with that, but I think I have something going on that day. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, washing my hair that day. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm <laughs> taking my monthly shower at that point in uh, time. That's awesome. That's something that I feel like would be would be super beneficial. Knowing what kind of gun would have a better chance of fitting your body before you go into the gun store. That's huge. I mean, how many people bought, have bought a gun thinking it was great, only to realize, ah, this this is not this is not work for my body type. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just wait till we can submit uh, body scans to the AI, and it tells us what gun to buy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, like in other, you know, a lot of people talk, I have big hands, I have little hands, and this is why I can shoot this gun or not that gun. It turns out, and uh, Claude Werner um, who has done a lot of work on this, it's not just like the size of your hand. You're looking at things like the distance between um, the that uh, ditch between your thumb and your forefinger and the end of your finger and the width of your palm and the length of your palm that all goes into it yeah so we might need ai or at least better computer to tell us you know what gun is good for small hands like what do you mean by small hands yeah do you have small fingers do you have a small like palm yeah you skinny fingers that don't fully grasp the grip i mean that's yeah that that makes sense that's something that somebody with average sized hands i guess i would never really spend too much time thinking about Although I have shotguns that are too small for my hands before. Yep, that is another problem. There's some techniques to work around it, but it is another problem. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh. Uh-oh. We oh, just no. lost Annette. I wonder Annette, what happened come there. Back. Come back. Are you doing your best Rose impression from Titanic? Is that what it is? That's what it sounded like. It's when Leo dies uh, on the door. I uh, haven't seen that movie in a while, oh. so... Sorry, I don't know what happened there. Ta-da. Ah, shit happens, man. What are you going to do? <laughs> that happens. We uh, Usually it's me who's having internet problems, to be honest. It's <laughs> yeah. nice it's mixed up a little bit. But we're back. We are. Um, so how, how long has On Her Own been around for? How long have you been doing this? On Her Own uh, started right before the pandemic unintentionally <laughs> oh so that must have been interesting yeah we, we we pivoted real quick into things like how do you deal with uh, mask band-aids and germs and being isolated with staring at the same person if you're lucky staring at the same person for days and days and days and end 
<laughs> How do you not kill each other? Separate space. Very important. So you've you've gotten you started okay, arguably at the worst time to start a business or or anything really. Um, what kind of what kind of growth from people have you seen in that in that time frame from people who have found you and kind of comments or anything that people have made regarding that? What's really fascinating for me is that I've been able to attract not just the people from the traditional gun self-defense community. Um, there's a lot of that, of course, but people who aren't even really interested in guns at all. And On Her Own has, from day one, been very specific about guns are a way, but they are not the way. You know, we're, we're going to talk about guns because, like, I've been doing guns for a long time now. I love guns. I carry a gun. You know, it's clearly a thing. But we're not going to only talk about guns for self-defense. And it's been really cool seeing that that segment of growth. It's also been really, really neat. And I think um, a huge honor that a lot of dudes that I know, a lot of men, follow on her own. A, for themselves. They're like, hey, you know, I know you said this is for women, but it works for my life. But what's amazing to me is when they come to me and say, hey, I'm making sure that my wife, my daughters, my sister, the women in my life who are important to me, I'm sharing this with them because I think it's really, really important for them to know this. And I don't think there's a greater honor than for somebody to say, you are going to help keep my loved one safe. Yeah. For someone to realize that they don't have the perspective that you have or the experience that you have and to say like, I trust you to, to give, to give my loved ones that input that they need. So that's been super, super cool for me. And, you know, they told me I had to pick a demographic when I uh, started on her own, which is why my demographic is women, um, which makes all my marketing friends go, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> but I love that this has really been something that's been a hit for men as well. And, right. You know, you're all welcome. You know, I think a lot of what I say is probably fairly gender neutral, even if it's framed in terms of what it is for women's safety. Yeah. Well, but I think I think there's an earnestness to it. You know, you're talking about like you know your marketing friends kind of roll their eyes about it, um, and and I think that there's definitely a lot of like marketing to women that is cynical or tone deaf, um, uh, or just like dishonest. But I think when you're earnest about it, I think that that you can really hit on on you know because you're coming from a, a place of like shared experience, right? You know, other women have gone through this. Other people have gone through this. Um, and I, you know, I, I wonder, you know, I, I did want to ask too, like, especially recently with the, uh, with the, the big boom in, in like specifically like trans woman, like anarchist socialist gun owners on Instagram and Twitter, (laughs) have you seen like an increase in interest, um, from, from like trans women in, in your, like in your kind of like field? So I, I don't ask for demographic surveys of my followers. Um, I, I don't know how many trans women or otherwise queer women are following me, but I've definitely noticed that um, it seems that there's universalized experiences here. And the fact that I try to, on her own really tries very hard to be non-judgmental. Yeah, for sure. Right. I try super, super hard. One of my early articles, which I really need to dig out of the archives and repost is about how to have casual sex safely. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Hell yeah. Because you know what? Like, we do that. Like, we are in 
that this was a little awkward during the early days of the pandemic, but you know, like women <laughs> are on Tinder too. Yeah. And, or women just want to hook up with people too. So how do you do that safely? And I actually uh, was lucky enough to spend a couple hours on the phone with a sex worker, full That's service awesome. sex worker. And yes. they were able to tell me all the things they did to ensure their safety when they were working with clients. And I'm like, who better to know how to stay safe when you're having sex with somebody you don't know? Yeah, because that's, I mean, that that's something that I had thought about in the past, but I really, I was never like a hookup guy, and really I didn't start caring until I met my wife. So like, I never really had to, to come to terms with like, what do you, what do I do with my yeah. gun? Or like, can no, I bring a gun? Like where, you know, then yeah, it's completely dating, dating with dating while you carry a gun is a whole other thing too. Yeah. yeah I've, I've been dating the same woman since high school. So before I could even own a gun. Uh, so I've never, I've never even interfaced with that in any, in any capacity. That's, that's just Does like a wild thing. That? To, what? Does your wife know about that? About what? You've been dating some same person. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <such a bad laughs> <laughs> Come on, Andrew. You me up on that one. I'm God sorry, damn sorry. it! Walked right into it. Oh no! <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, she she's got some idea. Yeah. Um, that's but cool. yeah, so that's just a wild thing for me to think about because I've thought about like you know dating is like a nightmare. It seems like period. And then I, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, it, it, it is. And so you know, like trying to keep that mission of like what what do people actually face and what are the what are the issues? You know, I can't speak to all of them. And hey, you know, if somebody's listening along and says, hey, I want to, I want a platform to talk about, you know, how to safely come out at work or how to safely navigate whatever as a trans woman. Um, let's talk, you know, reach out to me um, and we'll, we'll talk about that. And maybe I can give you a little platform for that. That's awesome. I think universally, it sounds like you've got something here that is a benefit to women or at least you're trying to and it seems like you're succeeding um regardless of of how they fit into that whether it's it seems like it's not just a gun owning women resource it's a you're a woman and you at some point in your life you've you've got you've got your independence and and lack of support systems like it seems like somebody could just spend enough time around what you do in, in your website and get a pretty good grasp on, on how to manage that. I think everybody deserves to be safe. Absolutely. And um, some of us don't always make the smartest choices all the time, and that's okay. You know, like if but you want to go allowed. and do things, like you, you got to live, but you still deserve to be safe, and you deserve to be as safe as you can be within whatever your situation is. So, you know... If you, you know, I go back to, you know, the, the cat, how to be safe while having casual sex. There are a lot of people, especially in the gun community say, well, that's, you just don't do that. Or how do you be safe when you're sexting somebody, you know, you want to send nudes to somebody. Uh, and like a lot of people would be like, well, I would never do that. I'm like, oh, so you never travel away from your, you know, the spouse that you met in high school and have been with for 30 years. Like, you never travel and you never want to send, you know, some cool sexy pictures while you're away. You, you know? Um, and I, I, I think there's a lot of the, the gun community that goes, like, just don't do that. I'm like, yeah, well, you're going to do that. So how do you be as safe as you can be right. in those circumstances? You're going to make a poor decision. Well, that... How do we make your poor decision better? 
that's such a conservative response, isn't it? The, and it's like Don't the, the like the abstinence only sex education kind of. You know, like, oh, just don't go downtown ever, you know? Like, well, don't, cool. you know, well, my like, favorite band is playing there, and it's the only time they're going to be in town for the next five years. Is your life worth a concert? I mean, Shut have up. you like, seen some of these shows yeah, right. that I've seen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like people, you know, you can't... That's that's one of the things that I love about self-defense is the... I, you know, I this, this, this screen cap of a tweet keeps popping up. Um, and it really resonates with me because I've had that experience before I ever saw this tweet. I had this experience where somebody was like talking about, I can't remember the exact wording. He was talking about picking up a hitchhiker, uh, which seems dangerous, but he's like, I'm, I'm able to do that and feel comfortable doing that because if he gets crazy, I've got a 45, you know, tucked under my leg. And like, to some people that sounds like weird and threatening, but like there have definitely been situations like the way he said it was very like machismo. Right. But like, you there have definitely like, been situations where I would not have stopped and stepped out to help someone out if I didn't think I could handle myself if something went went south. You know what I mean? You know, mm-hmm. like I um, – and the first time this ever happened, I was with my wife coming back from a drive-in movie um, out in uh, – uh, outside of, like, Phoenix. Um, God, I can't remember. I'm pretty sure it was Phoenix. There's a so – it was either Phoenix or Lubbock. I can't remember exactly, but – but we, we had gone to like a drive-in movie and we were coming back and um, we stopped to get gas. And there was a guy there with like a gallon, like a gallon milk jug full of gasoline. And he's like, hey, my car is like just around the corner down the road a little bit. I ran out of gas. I, I didn't have a gas can. So, oh God, sorry. I got to silence my phone. Way to go, Andrew. Sorry, my son's having a little bit of a, a rough morning, and this is my mom and my wife are texting about it. Um, okay, so he's he got this like gallon milk jug of gallon milk jug of gas, and he's like, my car is right around the corner down the road. I didn't have a gas can. I need a ride. Um, you know, I, I had to like it was hard to like walk here. Um, you know, can you just like help me out? And my wife and I were like, like this seems like a trap. This seems sketchy. <laughs> But, like, also the dude looked, like, really, like, sad and tired. Um, and, yeah, and, and I had just, like, started carrying um, and, and get, taking some, some instruction. And I'm like, okay. You know, and we kind of, like, shared the look, like, you know, okay. So, we, you know, we got him in the car. He was in the front seat. I was in – I was driving, and my wife was in the back seat. Or maybe it was the other way around. I can't, I can't remember exactly, but um, – you know, we, we got, you know, we drove the direction that, that, that he, he said his car was. And sure enough, it was like a fucking like Cadillac down there. Uh, <laughs> you know, it was like a nice car. Uh, and it was like part, you know, he had like driven it off the road and kind of up a little embankment on the side of the road. And I was like looking for places where people might like jump out. Um, but you know, the guy just like filled up his gas tank with a gallon of gas and then <laughs> was like, thanks. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. You really saved me tonight. Uh, and drove it towards the gas station and that was it. And like nothing weird happened, nothing bad happened. And I was like, I, you know, made that guy's night hopefully significantly better. Um, and I would not have done that if I hadn't been carrying a gun. And so this isn't me saying like, you know, carry a gun so you can get yourself in weird, sketchy situations. Just saying that like, I think it allowed that, you to be kind. Right. It, I think that there's a net benefit to society sometimes when people are like, I will stick my neck out because I'm pretty sure that I can, I can protect it if something happens. Most people are good people. 
You know, we take calculated risks for that. And the other thing I think about a lot is um, something that Melody Lauer said um, a long time ago, and it's kind of made its way around, is, you know, we do this to protect a life worth living. So, like, don't do all of this self-defense stuff and end up with a life that's not worth protecting. Yeah, definitely. You, you know, do you, Like, paranoid and isolated. About, yeah, like, I think about, like, can you look yourself in the mirror the next morning? You know, people talk about, like, would you take out a, uh, a mass shooter? Or would you, um, would you rescue a kid who's being, you know, snatched from the street? Can you look at yourself the I next hope morning? So. And the answer can be no. You know, a lot of us hope so. A lot of us would absolutely step in, and some of us wouldn't, and that's okay. But are you, can you look at yourself in the mirror the next morning and do that? And then do you have the skill set to support that? Yeah. You know, like... How many times this summer already have we seen some guy, some woman jumps in after a drowning person and drowns themselves? Yeah. Yeah. So awesome that, you know, they wanted to go save somebody. So not awesome that they didn't have the skills to actually pull it off. Yeah. And I'm glad that you mentioned that because that's actually a huge pet peeve of mine. Uh, Jordan knows uh, that I'm always talking about learning to swim because you might need to you might need to jump in and save somebody. That's why I carry or a just life keep jacket in my alive. car at all times. Oh, we lost her again. Oh, no. Oh, no. What's happening? I think about that. We should, um... Yeah. We should, we should what? I don't know. Hang out. Yeah. I wonder where, uh... I think she's just having shoddy internet. Her connection seems fine. Her picture and audio is good. Yeah. I wonder if it's just intermittent connection. That's a problem I've had with a with a Time Warner and now Spectrum. Oh, really? Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 good. Good picture and audio. Um, uh, I, I was just telling him I've had problems with my provider of uh, not necessarily slow but intermittent, which causes a lot of problems with like Discord where it'll like. You know, the, the connection's generally really good, but every now and then it'll be like, boop, boop, just turn off and on. And I, and they're like, whatever I'm doing, if it's like a streaming thing, it'll just crash. Lame. Yeah. No, it won't, well, it it won't be an issue for us to edit it and all that fun stuff, but, um, yeah, that's, uh, I forget where we were going with that. Yeah. What, what were we talking about? Yeah. Have the skills right. you, you need to help the people. Yeah. yeah. Like if you want to live around a river, learn to swim. Or if you spend your entire life living within walking distance to the beach, you should probably learn how to swim. <laughs> I wasn't going to rat you out, Jordan. Yeah, well, we all know you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it, but I wasn't going to do it swim. this time. I just can't swim. I wouldn't jump in to save somebody who was drowning. <laughs> <laughs> If I was close enough to shore and they just needed like a push, you know, it's mainly it's <laughs> they're drowning mainly in the because, shallows like, and you're like, just stand up. Worse than one person drowning is two people drowning. Like I, <laughs> I wouldn't. It's like it's like why they tell people against their best wishes, don't run into a burning building because you're more likely to end up the victim than the hero. Well, oh, my goodness. We lost oh my the net again. I know. I know I'm saying it for the the listeners. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> this, is, so this is us being told that we're getting close to the hour mark. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just going to say that, like, you know, much like with dealing with a fire, you know, if you are jumping in after a, a drowning person, you know, you could you you could definitely make the argument that it's not sufficient to just know how to swim. You know, rescue is its own kind of set of capabilities, right? Yeah, especially when that person is panicking and trying to use you as a flotation right, device, exactly. pushing your head under the water. We get told so you like, could... when we rescue a person from an ice, like a frozen pond or something like that, um, if somebody is panicking and trying to grab us and force our head underwater, we can just let go. Like we, it's because if the, if we go under and we drown then we can't rescue them. Yeah. But obviously you don't want them to go under the water, but you can use force to, to subdue a person. If What's it's that, putting a, you at risk. There's a Kevin Costner movie about the coast guard. It's like Kevin Costner and uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Ashton Kutcher. Yeah. And uh, there's a scene where somebody's like panicking in the water like that, and they the who I can't remember which character it is. I think it's Kevin Costner. Just punches them in the face a bunch of times until they just stop moving. I don't. I wouldn't. <laughs> like, that, that works. It, it just like beats the shit out of them because that's you know I guess it's like in the calculus of that situation that's better than them drowning for sure. <laughs> well, but you definitely gonna... don't <laughs> you don't want to do that unless you're like a qualified. Uh, Expert. You're in like a four but, foot kid's pool and the kid's panicking and you just start beating just, the shit out of it. Stop, stop panicking. Yeah, don't do that. Don't hit kids. No, but I, I guess the analog here is it's like, okay, so like learning self-defense is more like learning how to swim so nobody has to jump in after you, right? Yes. Um, Being self-sufficient. Yeah, n- yeah, exactly. Like no one's asking you to be like world's best firearms hero, um, you yeah. know, but... You know, just try to keep yourself out of trouble, and I think on the whole, the world would be a better place. Yeah, hell yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, we usually have a tradition on this episode where I think we've only not done it once, but we end by asking our guest, who happens to be you in this case, if you had, believe it or not, if you had one piece of advice to give our listeners, it could be self-defense related, gun related, doesn't have to be related to any of that at all, just something that might be a little nugget of advice to make their lives better, what would it be? A great well, it's good advice. advice. <laughs> I love that. My friend has that tattooed on his wrist, and ever since seeing it, I've wanted to copy it, but I can't copy my one of my friends who I spend time with tattoo. Yes, on you this. can. Be yes, that guy. Yes, you can. I can. I probably will one day. Just, just tell, like, tell him that got. you're gonna do. It. Give him a heads up. Don't ask for permission, but just tell him you're gonna do it. No, I wouldn't give him ask for permission. No, just, tell tell him that it's it's from Annette. It's not about him. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, true. 
That's fucking sick, dude. Sick. I think that's good advice. You're hey. muted. You're fucking. You're fucking muted. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> get out of here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a lot of fun. I think uh, you add a lot to the gun community and to the community in general. And uh, I'm happy we could connect finally and, and get you on here. I can't wait till we could all hang out again. Andrew's going to be at the next Woodland Brutality. So if you happen to it's be true. at that one, I know you came to make contact or content contact like like we're an alien race. Where's that? I just got a message from. Ooh, sorry. I'm an interrupter. That's cool, though. That's going to be awesome. That would be super neat. Maybe we can make the trip. Wait, when is it? Ah, we'll figure it out. We'll put it in the show notes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in uh, mid mid October. I'm gonna be in Virginia for a wedding, so I don't know. Or is it next? Oh. Year? Well, you you don't your your travel to the wedding is not as extensive as mine, so you might still be able to swing both. But I'm not gonna go from Virginia to Vegas. Is Virginia like far from you? It's far from Vegas. <laughs> no, it's just. Well, so, I, I mean, have a one year old. I'm in like Texas mode where it's like, you know, for me, if I was like in, in like Connecticut, going to Virginia would be like a day trip, right? Virginia's like, four hours. It's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> she left. Look she's, what you did. She's going to come back and we're just going to say, all right, bye. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, at least I'm getting good at reconnecting. Annette, yeah, so, so I'm good. sorry that Jordan keeps running you off with his Shut up, boring story. I was just going to say, what keeps happening is we say goodbye to our guests pretty much. We do the outro and everything, and then we start bullshitting about something else and keeping them here for much longer than intended. So I apologize. Thank you so much for being cool. Can't wait to see you again. <laughs> Likewise. And thank you and for coming uh, on the show. Thank you for having me. Yes. One Thank second. You. I'm going to hit stop. We'll, we'll just, that'll be there. That'll be our end, but I have to hit oh. stop and then you have to hang out because it has to upload.